Amen. Praise God. Has anybody ever had a situation in your life where you got hurt? Could have been physically, it could have been emotionally, might have been spiritually. There's a lot of areas that uh, in our life that we're very vulnerable. But God has help for us, and he, more importantly, has hope for us. Bum Phillips, who was the coach of the then Houston Oilers, had a saying, and uh, he often made this comment, and he said, there are two types of coaches in the NFL, and I quote him directly. He said, them that have been fired and them that are going to get fired. <laughs> that kind of applies to our situation today. There are two types of people in this world, those who have been hurt and those who are going to get hurt. You say, well, pastor, I don't like that. That doesn't sound very positive. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm positive that there are two types of people in this world, those who have been hurt and those who will get hurt. Um, and that's one of the first points is, is that we don't really face the truth about our situation. We never come to a turning point in our life, and we don't really expect God to turn things around. Because of that, we go on hurting, or maybe years and years later, we continue to uh, dwell on certain things that continue to cause hurt. In the 30th Psalm, it says, David is writing this, and he actually titles this Psalm, it may be in the uh, bottom part of that, at the last verse, you'll see it says, the Lord, a fortress in adversity to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. So this is um, the Lord, a fortress in adversity. And he says it there in verse one of Psalm 30, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountains, my mountains stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me, my mourning into dancing, you have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. When you are hurting, there are three things that God wants you to keep in mind. And the first is to face the truth about your situation. In verse six, if you notice, David said, now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. In the NIV, it says, in my security, I said, oh, I shall never be shaken. Sometimes we have things in our life, and it seems like we have health, wealth, and, and power, and we think, hey, everything's going our way. I got the world by the tail on a downhill pull, as they used to say. And, you know, nothing could shake me, nothing could move me. 
You know, and, and we have this statement that Satan brings lies to us, and in the, especially in those times where we believe the lie that says it could never happen to me. Now, again, you know, you might find a conflict with this and say, well, pastor, are we supposed to have a positive confession? Absolutely we are. Our confession is in the Lord and in his word, and in him we find our trust. And Psalm 62, 5 says, my soul, wait thou only upon thee, for my hope comes from him, comes from the Lord. My soul, wait only upon the Lord for my help, and my hope comes from him. Those are the things that we tell ourselves, and we quote and we pray those things in the times of trouble, in the times of hurt when we're hurting. Let me ask you this question today. Have you ever been hurt in your life? Have you ever suffered a hurt in your life? In something, disappointment in some area, maybe physically. It might have been emotionally, as I said a while ago, or spiritually. And how many times have you had hurt someone just uh, who experienced a tragedy say, you know, how could this happen? You know, things like this just don't happen to people like me. And in that, they compound they're hurt because they think that it could never happen to them. And when they say, you know, how could this happen to me? I'm spiritual. I'm positive. I'm strong. I'm, you know, I've got things going right. How could this happen to me? Or why did this happen to me? And we allow those things to bring further hurt to us. You know, uh, the sad truth is that tragedy can happen to anyone, any place, at any time. And we try to fool ourselves into thinking we're immune to disaster, but no one really has the right to that claim. We're really, we don't have that right to that claim. The, the more privileged that we think that we are, the more difficult it is to deal with the hurts that uh, we experience in life. King David said, now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Wow. Have you ever felt that way? The security of power and maybe a prosperity or, you know, these things made David feel invincible. He thought, wow, I've killed the giant. I'm king. I'm king of the world. <laughs> I'm king, you know. I can never be moved. Nothing can shake me. Wow. You know, he let it go to his head, and, uh, but he was soon to discover that his own self-reliance wasn't enough to face the tragedy in his life and in the very next verse, he says, verse 7, but when you hid your face, I was dismayed. Have you ever felt like that maybe your prayers are just bouncing off the top of the, the ceiling? When you hid your face, I was dismayed. Satan, uh, the Bible says that God is not tempted of evil, evil, neither does he tempt any man with evil. So we know that God doesn't bring the trial but Satan brings the test, he brings the trial, he brings the hurt to bring out the worst in us. God allows that hurt or that trial or that test to bring out the best. You know, another person in the Bible who learned this lesson was the Apostle Peter. Remember his statement when he said, Every, uh, you know, even if I have to die with you, Lord, I will never deny your name. And it wasn't just hours later that he was denying Christ. You know, if we go through life thinking it can never happen to me, we're setting ourselves up for a disaster because really in one sense we're, we're full of self-reliance. You know, I was in a Christian bookstore in Mardell's uh, and I was looking through some of the books and there was these two women there and one pointed at a book that said, uh, uh, it's called uh, The Divorced Christian. And she made the comment 
um, to her friend, she said, you know, that's a contradiction in terms. And her friend said, well, I would think so. And I thought, my, my. You know, what if one of those ladies' husband had a failure in his life and ran off with some other woman or something like that? You know, how big of a hurt and how much compounded that hurt would be when she would think that, you know, something like that just couldn't happen to her as a Christian. You know, we're not immune from hurts and, and difficulties in this life, no matter how secure you may feel. Don't believe the lie that says it could never happen to me. We played golf this weekend. We played t- I played too much golf this weekend. <laughs> but I was reminded of this story thinking about, you know, it could never happen to me. These two old guys were playing golf, and one guy got to the point, he was having such a hard time with his eyesight, so he went to the golf pro, and he says, you know, I, I love to play the game, but he said, I just can't see where I hit the ball. He said, I got the perfect partner for you. I'll just team you up with old George. He's got great eyesight. So they got out there, and they were kind of talking a little bit, waiting for the tee box to clear, and, and old Herb said to, to George, he said, you know, Man, I love to play the game. He said, I just, my eyes are going. He said, and even sometimes I, my mind is, is, is kind of not as sharp as it used to be. He said, I can't remember, you know, uh, exactly which, how many times I've hit the ball and, and, you know, how many strokes I need to take. Oh, George said, well, that's, that's not me. Boy, I, I, I'm sharp as a tack. That never happened to me. And so Herb swung, hit the ball, and, and he says, did you see where it went? He said, I sure did. He said, well, where'd it go? He says, I forgot. <laughs> It never happened to me, though. You know, don't lie to yourself. No one is exempt from being hurt. Don't say, my marriage is immune, my kids will never rebel, my job is secure, I'm as healthy as a horse, you know, I will never fall into sin, I cannot be shaken. Wow. As soon as we say those things and they come out of our mouth, we're setting ourselves up for a trial or a test that we say, oh, I'm far above those things. It could never happen to me. Look at me. I, this is who I am. It could never happen to me. I want you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 4 and begin with verse 16. Listen to this description about Abraham as our example. Verse 16 of Romans chapter 4, Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have, who have the faith of Abraham. He is father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So that means that we're the offspring of, of Abraham, and so these things apply to us as well. Basically, we're in, he's, he's our father as well. In verse 18, it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. He didn't say it will never happen to me. In fact, as we go on, we'll see it says, just as it had been said to him, it it was going to happen, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith, faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God 
had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He didn't say it could never happen to me or whatever. He faced the fact of, of, of what the challenge was, but yet he didn't waver in his faith and he believed God. We don't want to set ourselves up as that it could never happen to us and be self-reliant, but we want to also, though, uh, without hope, in hope, believe that God is able to do whatever he decides to do and put our trust in him and realize that God can turn it around. So we need to, to believe the truth about the situation. And as Abraham did, he faced the fact. Sometimes, you know, the, when we talk about, well, be positive, what we're doing really is we're not facing the fact. We're just putting the fact over here, and we're really not facing the fact. Well, until we face the fact, we won't know how great the miracle is that God has for us. When we face the fact, when we get the report, when the things do happen, when all hope is lost, then we can turn around and say, but my God can't turn it around. You know, the other lie that Satan brings to us, not only does he bring the lie that would have a say it would never happen to me, but the, the other lie is that, oh, this is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. That it's just going to be with me the rest of my life. I'll never get over this. You know, whether the hurt in our life is caused by our own sin or by the actions of others, you know, we often tend to see ourselves as maybe tainted and therefore worthless. And Satan tries to tell us that, that we'll never get over this, you know. People who have been divorced sometimes think, I can't be in a loving relationship now. And people who have been fired think, well, no company would hire me now. And women who have been raped sometimes think no one will want me now. And people who have serious health problems think there's no contribution that I could possibly make now. And people who have failed morally think God could never love me now or use me now. People who have been hurt sometimes think I can never be happy again. But I want to tell you, these statements simply aren't true. If you're hurting right now, I want you to know that it will not haunt you forever. That that's God's promise. And take a look at this next verse. Verse 5, the second part of verse 5 says, Weeping may remain for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It might be tough right now, but there is a tomorrow. And, you know, after the rain comes a, a sun-drenched day, after the storm, you know, uh, peace comes. So there is a tomorrow. The hurt that you're feeling will not last forever. It may hurt now, but God promises that you will experience again a time of rejoicing. Rejoicing comes in the morning. And when we face the fact and we put our hope and our expectation in God, then his promise comes about. You know, some of you may say, you know, wait a minute, the, the hurts in my life have been caused by somebody else's sin. And, you know, I've uh, made a wreck of things and it's, it's my fault that, uh, you know, or it's, it's their fault that, that I'm hurting. Well, that's what we need to forgive them. And then you might turn around and say, well, it's not somebody else's fault, it's my fault. And so God will always hold this against me, and, and uh, God has every right to, to be mad at me, and, and never to, uh, I can never have God's best. Well, you know, maybe God does have the right to be mad at you, but God chooses not to be mad at you, because that, uh, 
And only in, in verse 5 there it says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. I read that one time, and I thought, well, God was probably mad at me because of some things. And I read that, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. And Satan was right there whispering. He says, yeah, and a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So a moment with God. <laughs> well, he's right there to try to steal your joy. He's right there to try to steal your hope. You know, does God get angry at our sin? Absolutely he does. Because sin is foolish and sin separates us from God's best and it just, it does aggravate God because he knows that there's something better that he has for us. But does God hold it against us forever? No. He's quick to forgive us and he doesn't because he has promised to forgive us. And when he forgives us, he forgets. And that's his promise. And so the same way that it says about Abraham that that promise is sure. In faith, we don't waver. When we ask, we know that he forgives. So, you know, if you're hurting right now, don't lie to yourself about your situation. It's not going to haunt you forever. God will not hold this against you forever. And he will restore you and he will fill your life with joy. Yes, amen. And, you know, but in order for him to do this, there's a second thing that, you, that we need to do. The second thing is, uh, is that we've got to reach a turning point. You must reach a turning point. You know, what's a turning point, Pastor? Well, it, it's turning away from self-reliance and turning to God as our source of strength. Sometimes we just think, if I could do this, and if I do that, and if I do this, and if I do that, if I become more spiritual in some particular way, if I work harder at the things of God, or, you know, that then it'll just turn, things will turn around. And if I pray harder, if I witness more, if I, you know, if I speak in tongues more or whatever, and we think, you know, maybe that'll get it. And, and that, then that, those things will turn it around. No, it's not those things that turn it around. In verse 8, David says, To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. Mercy is not receiving what we deserve. Amen? Thank God for mercy. Mercy is not receiving what we deserve. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It's receiving, you know, it, it's his, his favor that he gives to us, his favor and his favors. So we get grace and we get mercy, not receiving any, what we do deserve. And David said, to you, O Lord, I called. I called to the Lord. I cried for mercy. God does want you to try to, or he doesn't want you to try to handle things on your own. He wants you to cry out to him. He wants you to call on his name. He wants you to turn to him. He wants you to have, come to a turning point in your life where you, when, you finally can, when you finally do say, I can't do this on my own. I can't handle this. I can't, there's not enough I can do. Lord, I cry to you. I cry out to you. If you're facing problems in your marriage, it doesn't, uh, he doesn't want you to, to try to fix things on your own. He wants you to turn to him. He wants you to turn it to him. You know, if you've been mistreated by someone else, he doesn't want you to seek out revenge on your own. He wants you to turn it to him. He wants you to turn to him. And, you know, if you're facing an illness or some kind of impending disaster or something like that, he doesn't want you to, to face uh, it it uh, on your own. He wants you to, to turn to him in these things. If you are guilty of sin, he doesn't want you to be nailed to the cross as yourself. He wants you to, to turn to him. God is offering a way out. 
and he is the way out. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And we turn to him, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We look to him, we turn to him. And so in our hurt, we have to face the truth about it. We have to face the facts, face the truth and not believe the lies of the devil. And we come to a turning point and realize that God is offering relief from the hurt in our life. And he's offering to take away the pain and fill our life with joy and fill our life with himself. Before we can do, or before he can do anything, you must reach this turning point in your life of where you turn it around and you, or you, you come to the point where you turn away from self-reliance and you simply turn to him. When you say, I can't do this, God, I need your help. Those are the words that he wants to hear. And until we come to that turning point of where we are not relying on ourselves or relying on somebody else, but when we are totally relying on God, then that's when things begin to turn. You know, it's simply saying, Lord, I, I can't handle it. Uh, this, this, you know, I'm, it's too big for me, but I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. You know, it sounds simple to do, but it's a hard thing to come to the end of ourself and to the beginning of where God steps in and takes control over in our life. You know, I'd heard a story a while back about a man who said that when he was around 10 years old that uh, he said his father abandoned him. And uh, here's a quote that I jotted down. He says, when I was 10, 10 years old, my father abandoned us. He left without saying goodbye and I never heard from him again. It destroyed my childhood. And then 20 year, 22 years later, almost to the exact day, I left my family. You know, he went on to say that he struggled with hurt all of his life, but he never reached that turning point of where he t came to the point of where he turned that over to God. He was never willing to say, God, I can't handle this alone. I need your help. Uh, this is what David said to God, verse 10, Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. Be my help. We cry out to him and say, Lord, be my help. God wants to heal the hurts in your life. He really does. In order for him to do that, you've got to first reach this turning point. And, it, you know, and then that takes us to the next step. And when we come to that turning point, then you need to expect that God will turn it around. Expect that he will turn it around. Without hope, in hope, Abraham believed. When it looks like there's no hope, then in hope, believe step into that realm of expectation where we expect God then to take up where no man can do anything. Now, I've got some good news for you. If you've reached rock bottom, then uh, you can turn your life to God and he will turn things around. But I've got some even better news for you. If you haven't reached rock bottom, you can still turn to God and expect him to turn things around. You don't have to reach rock bottom before you, you get there. You don't have to wait until that point. Uh, at whatever stage in the process that you turn to God, he will hear your prayer and he's gonna he will turn things around. David said in verse 2, he says, Oh, Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You healed me. He said, I called to you. Now, that's the formula for handling life's hurt. When you turn to God for help, he turns things around. You can't, uh, you can definitely count on it. That's what his word says. 
And so listen to what David says in verses 1 through 3. He says, you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. You healed me. You brought me up from the grave. You you spared me from going down into the pit. That's kind of the summary of it. And David goes on to say in verse 11, You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Wow. Sometimes in the midst of our hurt, when we see somebody else dancing for joy, sometimes it kind of bothers us because, you know, we're not there yet. But maybe they already got the victory and, and they got the joy over their hurt, and now it's their time of rejoicing. Don't worry, there'll be a time when you can put off your sackcloth and put on your dancing shoes and get ready to rejoice. He says in verse 11, you turned my wailing into dancing, you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Right now, you may still be in the wailing stage, but once you turn your situation over to God and you expect him to move and turn things around, you might be putting on your dancing shoes because he's promised to give you something to dance about. On the Friday evening, when we, after we had got up to the Utopia area, we did a, ventured out and went into Concan. I keep wanting to say Cancun. I better not say we went to Cancun. That'd be bad. We went over to the little town Concan, and so... uh, we took a consensus and everybody decided to play golf at the country club there in Concan. Except I had on my dress shoes. I didn't have on my golf shoes. And I want to tell you something. It's not real pleasant to try to play golf in dress shoes when you hit and you turn like that and your shoes still stay where they were. <laughs> it kind of hurts. And uh, you get into maybe a little wailing, you know. But uh, it's time to put on your, your dancing shoes. And when it's time to dance, you need to get... It's time to dance. Don't stay in your old shoes. Put off those old shoes and put on the new shoes and uh, enjoy the Lord. Receive the, the, the healing that he brings and expect him to turn it around. He's promised to take away your sackcloth and the clothes that you used to wear during the time of mourning. And, and uh, he promised to clothe you with joy. So expect it to happen. Expect it to happen. There are some hurts that, that we'll never laugh about. You'll never look back at a divorce and laugh or look back at a death of a loved one and laugh or look back at being abused and laugh. There's nothing funny about any of those things. But I want you to understand that the hurt that you're experiencing today will not prevent you from laughing tomorrow, from experiencing his joy tomorrow. God will take the pain. He'll take the anger. He'll take the frustration. Uh, that you're going through right now, and he'll replace it with a joy that he says is unspeakable, a joy that is full of glory, full of his character, a joy that is full of the character of God. Wow. It's a joy that's unspeakable, full of his glory. He will give you something to dance about, something to shout about, because healing comes. Morning, it lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, in a sense, you'll be able to look back and and laugh because you're not laughing at that situation, but you're laughing because the hurt that you thought would paralyze you is not paralyzing you now. It no longer hurts. It's pretty amazing if you've had chronic pain and then all of a sudden you experience no hurt. I've had two hip replacements. I can tell you about it. 
that it just feels good. Sometimes we get to thinking that we can do a little bit more than what we actually can do. But uh, I tell you what, I can look back and laugh now of when I can see myself flinching and hurting and in pain from the, you know, the, the pain that I had in my hips. You know, we have setbacks in life, we have hurts in life, but the setback that could have destroyed your life has been overcome by God's mercy, and he has filled your life with joy in spite of it all. And that's why we can look back and laugh and, and, in, and rejoice in him. Do you know what the end results of all of this is? David says in verse 11 and 12, he says, You removed my sackcloth, clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Sing to you and not be silent. God wants our praise. He wants our devotion. He wants our all. That's what he wants. He will take away the hurts in your life and he will give you a reason to dance. He will give you a reason to shout. He'll give you a reason to rejoice. He does this so that there will be nothing in the way of our relationship with him. If your heart has been silenced by hurt, God wants to give you something to sing about today. David ends the psalm saying, verse 12, O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. So today, as you look at the hurt in your life, realize that there is only one way that you can overcome the hurts. Whether you've been, you know, a Christian for 30 years or for 30 minutes, really doesn't matter. Whether you have uh, just begun to follow Christ, turn to God and allow him to turn things around. Face the truth about the situation. Don't believe the lies of the devil that says self-reliance is the way or that because of your past that God could never love you, God could never bless you, God could never give you his best. Don't believe those lies. But face the truth, just as Abraham did. Face the fact and then trust God. Come to a turning point that says, God, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. You know, without you, there is no hope. But in you, I can do all things. And then expect him to turn it around. Don't settle for less. Don't allow the devil to talk you out of it. Say, I know that, that joy is going to come. There's going to be a morning. There's going to be a morning of rejoicing. There'll be mornings in my life of dancing before God, rejoicing that he has taken the hurt away. I want to pray with you this morning. I want you to be free from the hurt. I want you to be free in the sense that you have an expectation to know that this is not going to last forever, that God will turn it around, that there will be rejoicing, that things will change. Father, I thank you today that we can come to you, and your word says we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Your throne where we find favor and favors, and we can obtain mercy. Mercy in the sense that you don't give us what we do deserve, we find mercy in our time of need. Father, there's many needs here today, but thank you that we can find your favor and favors from you in our time of need. Father, I ask that you just release right now to those that are in times of hurt and challenges that you bring hope and expectation 
for this day and tomorrow. And Father, those that are maybe are in between that would not think that self-reliance or, or self-attained spirituality is going to get them through. Father, that no promise is sure except for your promises, and it's when we trust in you and lean not to our own understanding. When we put our full expectation in you, without hope, in hope, believe that your promise is secure. And we turn, we come to that turning point. And Father, we expect that you're going to turn it around. Can you do that today? Can you expect God to bring a healing to your hurt today, no matter what it is, that your past is behind you? God has a future ahead of you. He has blessings ahead. This thing will not last forever. You're going through it. Amen. I mean, you're going through it. <laughs> you're going to come out on the other side of this thing, and one day you'll look back and you'll laugh and say, what Satan meant for evil, God turned around for good, for my good. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Well, let's stand this morning. Give him a hand clap as we're standing, and let's pray. Hallelujah. Take the hand of someone next to you today, and uh, let's just let's pray together. Pray one for another. Father, thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you that we're not in this thing alone. Thank you that you have placed others around us. Thank you that you encompass us around about, and you do that through other believers. Thank you for the warmth of knowing that you love us and you care for us, and Father, that you do that through other members of the body. Father, let Light Christian Center be people touching people, touching their lives in the way that, Father, that you want to touch them and heal them and, and restore them, to see a need and meet it, to find a hurt and heal it. Father, to be light that shines in darkness, not only to dispel that darkness and despair, but, Father, to be a light of hope for those that go through it. Thank you, Father, that as you, we leave from this place, we go into the field of labor of where we have the opportunity to shine bright for you, to be hope uh, to those that hurt. Uh, Father, just anoint us to do that. Anoint us to be your hand extended, your heart of love expressed, your mouth of encouragement to speak, and Father, your feet to go where uh, you, would, you would walk to those that have a need for it, and a hand to touch and bring healing. Father, we give you thanks for this now. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your body. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your family. While we're just here praying, you can drop hands today. Let me ask you this question today. We don't ever want to dismiss without giving the opportunity for someone to be sure that they're, they have eternity uh, settled. If you're here this morning, nobody looking around, but just between you and God, if you're not certain of eternity, if when you think of eternity, when you think of death and dying, if question marks come in your mind and you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm really not sure, but I want to know. We're not going to embarrass you. You just stay right where you are. I just want to pray with you. Just if you'll raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not really sure of where I'm going to spend eternity, but I want to know. I want to know for sure that I'm going to be with God and in his eternity that he's created. Anyone here this morning? 
We trust that you've settled that question. Let me ask you this. Do you know someone? Do you know someone that might be at risk in, their eterni- in that question of eternity? At risk people. If you do, then I want you to just get them in, in, on your heart and pray for them and make a, a commitment to pray for them and ask God to open up an opportunity either for you or for someone to come into their pathway to share the good news that we don't have to be in doubt. We don't have to uh, think that we might have to wait till we get there to find out. You can know for sure right now simply by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. People say there are many ways to God. We all search for the same God. Let me tell you, that's totally different than what the Bible says. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father yet through me. There's only one way to God. There's only one way to eternity, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, go with us. Encompass us round about. Go before us. Father, I release your blessings upon your people. We are blessed beyond the curse. Father, we are blessed and cannot be cursed. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Greet somebody today. Let them know that you're glad that they came and you were here today in the presence of God. God bless.